Yes, Father God, the war is a war over truth. And Father God, you are the truth. Jesus Christ, you said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Father, so as we look at this today, as we understand your word and come into agreement with it, may we be brought into the place that, pre- that truth brings us, to the place of freedom, peace, righteousness, and joy. And so, Lord God, we bind the powers of darkness that have enveloped this world of veil. Satan has put over the eyes of, of the people of the earth to conceal the truth, to keep them captivated by the lies and the narratives that he has spread over the face of the earth and through all of the airwaves and through the propaganda. Father, we ask for divine revelation and truth and a divine intervention, Lord God, in the situation, circumstances we are in right now. There is no one who can deliver us from this mess, no political schemes or structures, only the Lord God. And so we thank you, Father. We turn this time over to you, and we pray that you give us, like I said, eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive that revelation of truth and courage to walk in the truth, Father God, to defend the truth, to protect the truth, to stand with the truth in the light of darkness that has overtaken us, Father. I thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper, and that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Lord, you are the God of the Red Sea. You are the God of uh, miracles, the resurrection. You are the Lord God who delivers your people. And so I thank you for divine protection over all of us, and that we will speak and hear uh, these words as the words of God. Amen. Well, today we're going to talk about disinformation. It seems to be a popular topic in the political circles, the the war on disinformation. As a matter of fact, even um, uh, the town meetings just recently, uh, Biden is talking about the disinformation. Of course, it's all a twist because the disinformation he's worried about is the truth that's popping up here and there, and he's calling that disinformation. So disinformation in the war on the truth has been from the beginning, as we have seen. And we're going to look today, first of all, let's start with Proverbs 6, 16 through 18. Um, These six things that the Lord hates. Okay, so I would be aware, very aware, that the things the Lord hates are not the things we're doing, the things that are on our list as being okay. He says, um, yes, seven things are an abomination to him, a proud look a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. Have we not done that? A heart that devises wicked, wicked schemes or plans, feet that are swift to run to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among his brethren. This is exactly a description of the United States of America and probably of the world at this point. <clears throat> lying tongues, shedding innocent blood, devising wicked plans, running to evil, speaking lies, bearing false witness, and sowing discord among brethren. Those are an abomination to the Lord. As a matter of fact, it's kind of interesting too in Proverbs 17, um, 17.4. I don't think most people catch it right away, but if you read it carefully, you'll see it. <coughs> he says, and e- verse 4, 17.4 Proverbs, an evildoer gives heed to false lips. A liar listens eagerly to a spiteful tongue. 
the way I render that is an evildoer listens to lies. A liar listens to a liar. A liar is eager to spread lies and hear lies and be reinforced in lies. So liars listen to liars. So if you're listening to a lot of the lies that are being propagated these days by the enemy, these are the, 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 the attacks that are coming against the truth. In Isaiah 49, we have some very, um, uh, I don't know, graphic and uh, shocking verses about the truth. Verse 4, 59, 4 of Isaiah no one calls for justice, nor does any plead for truth. They trust in empty words and speak lies. They conceive evil and bring forth iniquity. They hatch vipers' eggs and weave the spider spider's web. He who eats their eggs will die. Going down to verse 9. Therefore, justice is far from us. When truth is not spoken, justice flees, nor does righteousness overtake us. We're not near right. Righteousness is far, far away. We look for light but there is darkness and for brightness, but we walk in blackness. We grope for the wall like a blind man. So the thing is, justice and truth go together. When justice is thrown out, we look for justice, but there is none for salvation, but it is far from us. Our transgressions are multiplied before you and our sins testify against us. Our transgressions are with us. As for our iniquities, we know them. In transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering, uttering from the heart words of falsehood. So what the heart is full of, remember, the mouth speaks. So when you're telling lies or listening to liars or being comforted in those lies and, and fables, and um, <clears throat> you are not walking in freedom or righteousness. He says here, justice is turned back and righteousness stands afar off. For truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. Truth or justice or equity cannot enter. So truth fails, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. In other words, those who are standing for the truth, the righteousness of God's word, the, the coming of Jesus Christ, the declaration of the gospel of peace and uh, reconciliation, good news, anybody who's speaking truth right now on the devil's stage is going to be cast off the stage or attacked or removed somehow if the devil has anything to say about it. And so we are in the snake pit that is controlled by the God of this world who is the liar. If we look at very clearly Jesus's conversation about this liar in John chapter 8, we see an encounter he's having, 8.32. Well, let's start with 8.32, which is basically the, the principal foundation uh, equation for truth. He says, um, verse 32, um, let's start with 31, actually. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him. So he has a, a group of people around him who are listening to him, following him, wanting to understand. And then as he's speaking to them, another group of people begin to gather around him, which do not love the truth or him. But he says, Jesus says to those Jews who believed, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. So abiding in his word, his word is truth, right? Everything God says, everything that comes out of his mouth is the truth. So when you're abiding in his word, what does that mean? Like Jesus described it as uh, John 15, abiding in him as a vine, a branch abides in the vine. That's what abiding in his, his word would be like the vine and you're like abiding in it. You're being nourished by the word. You're walking in the guidance of the Holy Spirit and the truth. Even in these very treacherous days, we need to have the wisdom and counsel and guidance of the truth. And he says, 
and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So, in other words, truth is equals freedom. So, truth equals freedom. Opposite of truth is lies. Like Lies then equal bondage, and bondage, as it's a mathematical equation, bondage equals lies. So, when people are in bondages, and those can be as numerous as anything, um, you know, you can't get into a good relationship, you get betrayed, you can't get a good job, you have depression, anxiety, people um, uh, tell lies about you, um, you can't, you're, you're impoverished. All of these things are the fruit of, 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 of lies that you either believed or someone has spoken over you. So lies equal bondage. And so when we're looking for freedom and to get released or escape from the bondages, we have to identify and deal with the particular personal lies and now even in society, the political lies that are suffocating people and chasing away the truth. He says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free or set you free. So that's the equation. And then they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? In other words, <clears throat> these people, the descendants of Abraham, were counting on their um, relationship to Abraham uh, to be their ticket into freedom and favor with God. Um, see, he says, um, how can you say we're not free? How can you say you need to be made free? How can you even say that we're already, we're the privileged, we're the chosen people, you know, we're God's people, we're, our father is Abraham. And Jesus answered and said, most assuredly, I say to you, <clears throat> he who commits sin is the slave of sin. <clears throat> In other words, the slave is listening to the one who leads him, leads him astray. Um, you, you shall, he who commits sin is the slave of sin. He who listens to the liar is the slave of the liar. He who believes and tells lies or listens to the liar, follows the liar, is himself a liar because he who listens to liars tells lies and believes lies. And they're the same thing. And the slave does not abide in the house forever, but the son abides forever. In other words, don't kid yourself. If you're enslaved by lies and deception and disinformation and wickedness, you will not abide in the, in the holy house of God. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. In other words, if you allow the Son to, to deliver you from the lies, the misinformation, the disinformation, the fear, the lies fear has told you and used to control you. Fear tells lies, so fear can control you. The truth sets you free, but fear binds us in a place of enslavement. He says, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. In other words, you, once you know the truth of Jesus Christ and know that you know that, you are free. And once you know the truth and know that you know it, you cannot unknow it. You cannot go back to um, believing or being deceived by the concoctions and stories and fake and false narratives of the devil. There's nothing to them. They don't appeal. They don't, you know, because we're made by God, first of all, made in the image of God, to love what God loves, and God loves the truth. So he built right in us, in our spirit, bearing his spirit, bearing witness with our spirit, to know and recognize and love and embrace and desire and follow the truth. 
The problem with most of us is we're still operating in that battle zone between the soul and the spirit. Our soul has been indoctrinated by the, the God of this world, the experiences of the, of the pit. What we've experienced, we believe, is truth. It's not truth. It really is simply reality. It, it truly happened, but that doesn't make it the truth. These perceptions and plots against our minds to twist and deceive us into believing what we experience as the truth is what runs our soul. Our soul operates out of that system of information. So we're taught to, we're made by God to know the truth. And then when we get down here in the pit, we're brainwashed into uh, the, the truth is being concealed and the soul is running um, us you know, mind, will, and emotions running us rather than walking in the Spirit and allowing God's Spirit to bear witness with our spirit so we can walk in the Spirit and know the truth. Those who worship God must worship Him in Spirit and in truth. But many of us are in a war, the debate that goes on between my soul and my spirit and the reasoning and the religion uh, and the rationalizing that operates out of the soul is trying to shut down the freedom and the revelation of Jesus Christ that comes through the Spirit. So if you're reasoning or operating in fear, you are not operating in the Spirit of God because the Spirit of God is not a spirit of fear. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. So here he's talking to these um, uh, skeptics. He's talking to the uh, the religious, self-righteous. Um, he's trying to explain to them. I don't think he's trying. I think he is explaining, but they're not getting it. Uh, if the Son makes you free, you are free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. So the word of God must have place in us. That is the same as the truth. The truth has no place in you. In other words, you're not loving the truth, embracing the truth, listening to the truth, heeding the truth, seeking the truth or the wisdom that it brings. He says, I speak what I've seen in my father and you do what you've seen with your father. So he's saying, now we're getting separated out here. We're seeing the difference between um, the, the word of God, which has place in the believers, um, and the fruit of the rebellious, who, what were they doing? Um, he says, they answered, we, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if Abraham were your father, if you were the children of Abraham, you would work the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. So what he's calling out is their behavior. He says, you, you are wanting to kill me, murder me, um, shut me down. And I am bringing you the word of God, the word that Abraham loved, the word of the, of the Lord God that he pursued. What happened here? Where did you go wrong? Because Abraham would have loved to see my day, and he, was, he, he did see my day, but you sp- seek to kill me. So what the heart again is full of the mouth speaks. So if, if your heart is full of murder, wickedness, fear, insecurity, that's a big one. When people are insecure, they want to control everything. They, and Satan is super insecure, obviously, because he wants to control the whole world. And the only way he can do it is through the lie and through fear, because that's all that's left. God is the truth. God is the market on the truth. All that God has is the truth. God is the truth. And Satan, all he's got left to do is the, is the lie. But he, does, he knows that the lie is not appealing to those who are built by God to love the truth. So he must dress up the lie in all kinds of ways uh, and to present it as if it were truth, so that we will like be like little fish who bite the hook, looking for lunch who become lunch. Um, and then they said, uh, he said to them, you do your de- the deeds of your father, because he's talking about them, they're wanting to kill him. Then they said to him, you know, hitting back, they said, 
We were not born of fornication. We have one God, one Father, God. So they're hitting on the um, origin of his birth and the mystery of the origin and where and who is his father and how did he, you know, how did he come to be? And so fornication was their conclusion. He must, there must have been some fornication that brought him forth and it's all being hidden. And Jesus said to them, so they're, they're really hitting a low blow here to his integrity and his origin, as they would, of course. That's what Satan does. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I proceed forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. Again, the word of God becomes that clarification, that source of divine revelation and truth. Then in verse 44, he says, but he says, you are of your father, the devil. He was not mincing any words. He was not beating around any bushes. He was not pulling any punches. He said, you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. You want to do. You're doing them. You want to do them. He was a murderer from the beginning. Don't we have a lot of that right now? The fruit of the lie, the fruit of, of, of the liar, murder, bloodshed, hatred, contempt, wickedness, vile uh, con- contempt for the things and the truth of God, the people of God. And he says, he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he's a liar and the father of it. He cannot not tell a lie. Everything Satan says is a lie from the very first words out of his mouth. Did God say he is creating an environment to, be, to promote the lie so he can destroy the lovers of truth, destroy um, the truth, the people who seek it. But I tell you the truth, Jesus said, and you do not believe me. You do not basically want to believe me. You're satisfied with your narrative. You're satisfied with the lies. The truth of the gospel is being preached in your face. I am right here, the the best one in all the universe to bring this truth to you, and you still resist it. He says, which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. Bottom line, these people, he says, you're of your father, the devil. You know, going all the way back to Genesis, we see how um, God said to Eve, he says, I will put enmity or war between your seed and the seed. He's talking to the serpent. He says, between your seed and the seed of the woman. So he says to the serpent who has seed, obviously, because God is talking about it, I will put war bitterness, strife, contention between your seed and the seed of humanity because the woman's seed was going to be the seed of humanity. And by the time we get to Noah, we see that Satan had almost finished the work. He was down to eight people, eight people left on the planet. One, Noah, uh, who was righteous in his generations, one carrier of good human DNA was left on the planet and his three sons. That's how advanced and well plotted out. This was Satan almost had it. He had almost wrapped it all up and completely corrupted the earth and taken over every inch, made a prey of anyone who told the truth, was going to kill them, remove them, and give his people their moment of lust and perversion and then, and then kill them too. So he had pushed this thing to the edge the first time. So now we see that he's trying to push it again. 
But Jesus said in John 17, 17, my word is truth. He says in 8, 837, you, my word has no place in you. My word is truth. Now, does the word of God, and I understand that many people have misquoted it and misinterpreted and misrepresented the word of God. It's been twisted again. See, Satan takes whatever he can, whatever means he has available to distort and, and, and discredit the truth, even through those who would preach the truth. Their witness becomes corrupted, they fall, they have a moral failure, and then all of a sudden, it seems like the word of God is not true. And so everybody walks away, well, it didn't work, and blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, the, tr- the word of God stands forever as true. Truth equals freedom. And freedom equals righteousness, peace, and joy. So if you don't have righteousness, peace, and joy in your world, even now, in the, the, at the edge, at the threshold of earth meeting heaven in the, ter- in, in the return of the king, even at the threshold, God has given us grace and freedom, joy and peace to walk in his protection. So going back, he says, whoever commits sin is the slave of sin. So p- the liars love lies. You see this everywhere in our political arena. You see the, 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 the I don't know what the word would be, wrestling, um, vicious, underhanded manipulation of witchcraft and all the forces of hell that have been arrayed on the planet to take out truth are forming an alliance to take out the sons and daughters of the Most High God. So he says, you know, the fruit of the lie was in their hearts. That It was manifested by the things they wanted to do, the hatred, the murder, the rejection of the Son of God. And isn't that basically what it all boils down to when you, when you just simplify it? It's whether or not we accept or deny, accept or reject the Son of God coming as our Savior, as the one to fulfill the demands of death, as the one to take our place uh, and be um, crucified for us. Um, so he's, he's really calling out those who follow the lie. Um, the truth sorts out the children of God from the offspring of Satan. It, it, do you love the truth? In your spirit, you do love the truth. You're created by God to love the truth. So don't be fooled by the reasoning and the, um, the whining of your soul or the compromising that Satan is trying to run through your, your soul to, to uh, undermine the truth. There is only king, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of hell. There is no middle ground. You're either in or you're out. You're either of your father God or of your father the devil, who is a liar from the beginning, Jesus said, who brings forth now what we see, the pain, the betrayal, the treachery, the d- destruction the deliberate, intentional destruction of the United States of America and of the world. Satan is trying to pull the rug out from under us and cause us to fall. And when we fall, he wants to just simply cut off our head. And we are in very, very critical days. You must make your personal decision whether you're going to follow the Lord God. Um, Think of all the ways that Satan is trying to deceive you. All the narratives, all the options, all the false narratives, that Satan has crafted the tales, the yarns, the lies he has woven into fairy tales and sci-fi movies and virtual reality and even those, you know, virtual wars of simulated warfare between good and evil. To what? All those games the kids play, all those video games, 
all of the, are, they're all about war. They're all about good versus evil. They're all about the good guy versus the bad guy. That's basically the only theme there is. And they're spending their time sitting on their slouch couches in their dark rooms playing a war game that's not real, but it's actually real in that it's deceiving them into believing and, and, and substituting for the real war that they're called to stand in to defend the truth. So if, you, if you're, and the same with a lot of our games, competitions, contests, uh, they're all kind of ga- war games in a way. They're all kind of little uh, creations of, of, of the, the real war. We need to quit playing the games, get off the couch and stand and, and defend the truth, the real war, because the real war is in our face right now, today, yesterday, tomorrow, this week. Um, and so the problem is many people, if you don't realize that you've been deceived by the lie and the lie that you believe, you believe is the truth. How great is that deception? How great is that deception? If we refuse the love of the truth, how great is that deception? Um, and, and Mark talks about it again. He says in, in Mark 7, 6, he says, this people um, draws near to me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. This is a, a phony, fake, you know, hypocritical Christian. Our world is full of hypocrisy right now. Hypocrisy seems to be the, the order of the day. The people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. So in other words, they're substituting things um, for the truth, for the, the love of God, for um, the word of God, and they're switching it all around. And he says, um, Mark again, chapter 5, he says, verse 12, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. In other words, and lest they, lest they should come to the truth. It is the truth that sets us free. There's nothing else that can do it. The truth is the word of God. Jesus Christ is the truth. He is also the word of God. Jesus Christ is the one who liberates us. Um, and it says in 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 5, if our gospel is hidden or veiled, it is hidden to those who are perishing. In other words, there is a dividing line between those who get it and those who don't get it, between those who see and those who don't see, and pray that God will reveal it to you even more clearly and more, more uh, in a stronger way that you will be able to stand against the enemy. He says in um, 2 Corinthians 4, but even if our gospel is veiled or hidden, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds, what? The God of this age or the God of this world has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So he's saying this veiling is deliberate. It is because they have wanted it. You say, why would God do that? Why would God put a veil on people's eyes? Why would God do that? Because the rule between God and Satan is whom we yield ourselves servants to obey. Who do, whose report do we believe? It, Satan says, well, they're listening to me. I get to put the veil on their head. And God says, well, that is the rule. And God is just, and he's not going to deprive the devil of anything he's won, even though he's won it through lying and cheating. Um, but God has given us a free will, and God has also given us many ways to be delivered from this um, wickedness. But Satan has developed his lying strategies, his um, you know, shape-shifting, um, even pretending to be an angel of light. Paul is saying in 2 Corinthians um, chapter 11, he's saying, I am concerned, I'm afraid for you guys. 
He says here, verse uh, 11, 3, I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, by his shimmering fake light, so your minds may also be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. The simplicity of the love of God, you know, simplicity of the grace of God, twisted into believing I got to do all this stuff to make God happy. This shimmering serpent had deceived, this beauty of the serpent had deceived Eve into believing what it looked good, the fruit looked good, and it could make her wise. In the Later on in that chapter 11, he says, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. So God is not fooled by the deception, the fake light, the false light, the antichrist spirits, the false Jesuses. Jesus said in Matthew 24, do not be deceived. That's his first caution, his first warning. At, when we're coming down to the, the wire here, the end, don't be tricked, don't be deceived by many who are going to come in my name, name saying, I'm over here, I'm over there, look at what I can do, called on fire, do these things, and people are all wowed and, 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 and deceived by these angels of light. The truth of Jesus Christ will bear witness to the, his spirit will bear witness to, the, to your spirit. So in, in uh, 10, 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 5, he says, cast down those arguments, casting down, he says, for we do not walk in the flesh, nor do we war according to the flesh. There's a war going on, but the flesh can't handle it. We cannot war this war, fight this war in the flesh. We have to war this war with the weapons of our warfare, which are not carnal, but mighty in God, to the pulling down of strongholds. And one of those weapons, the biggest one, is actually truth. Casting down arguments, in other words, things, reasons that suggest there's another way, that it's okay to do this and that, it's no big deal. Passive agreements, subconscious agreements, um, implications that cause us to be bound in agreements that we didn't even know we made. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity, into the obedience of Christ. This is how we have to do it. We have to cast down the arguments, false, the lie is making, the devil's making, the false narratives, the reasoning, the, the excuse making, the lies, the, the shimmering serpent that still flees and, 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 and fuels this lie in the midst of us. And we, we have to take authority, cast down those arguments and say, no, you won't. No, that, that, that reason is not the truth. The truth is the word of God. So we cast down those arguments and those arguments in that battle is waged in your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. It makes you think things and feel things and you go with what you think and feel because you think and feel that's you. But those are the temptations that Satan is presenting to you in the first person. He's actually impersonating you to yourself to get you to believe that those are your thoughts and feelings so you will embrace them without even resisting them or asking any questions. We don't realize how treacherous and tricky Satan really is, but we have to go in the spirit. Walk in the spirit, the word says, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We must understand this. We have to begin to allow the Holy Spirit to sort out your closet, get rid of the junk, even if it's been there a long time. These nostalgic pain and fear and beliefs and bitterness you need to get that stuff out of the closet. Cast down those arguments. Let go. It's not worth going to hell over. None of that stuff, staying mad, holding the bitterness, unforgiveness, it's not worth going to hell over. Please realize what you're doing here. Hell is, 
forever and hell is real and nothing is worth going to hell over even refusing to forgive so it says in second thessalonians and this is very scary 210 um that if we refuse the love of the truth which we are in this place now where the nations have pretty much refused the love of the truth the gospel has gone underground the gospel is not promoted even 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 to give it a you know um verbal assent he says now we're in the place where the the, the son of perdition who opposes himself and, and all that is called god he who wants to sit as god in the temple of god he's trying to get back to that place where i am god i will ascend to the sides of the north i will be god he's getting he wants to get back to that place where he slipped from when he was cast out of heaven do you not remember paul says second thessalonians 2 5 when i was still with you i told you these things and now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time in other words there's something holding back this 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 evil one this son of perdition the one who deceives you um he says that day won't come unless there's a falling away unless this sin that man of sin is revealed he says the mystery of lawlessness is already at work the mystery of lawlessness is already at work only he who he capital h who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way in other words the holy spirit is the one restraining holding us on by a thread and we are in him and he is in us and it says so he is says until he is taken out of the way the holy spirit and then the lawless one will be revealed well i would say when the holy spirit is taken out of the way we must also be gone or taken out of the way because jesus said i will never leave you or forsake you he sent his holy spirit to be with us and so if the holy spirit goes we go and then the lawless one will come into his full power full glory it says the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of satan then people will be under the control the fear the complete bold unadulterated terror of the lie the lawless one according to the working of satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved this is crazy scary they refuse the love of the truth if you refuse the love of the truth you become hardened and calloused if you refuse it too long you become so hardened and calloused you can't you're, you're lost with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth or repent or accept jesus christ they kept their own ways they were stubborn and willful and rebellious um and for this reason it says god will send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie you say what god is sending them a strong delusion that they should believe i thought god was on our side absolutely he's on our side but he again is obligated to follow the rule and the rule is based on our free will if you decide to believe the lie or believe that the lie is your truth and you refuse the love of the truth then god won't force you to take the truth god won't force you to go to heaven so then there is a strong delusion that they should believe a lie we see people now under such strong delusion that they believe a lie that they they may not be redeemable at this point for this reason god is letting them go that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness we're in very serious times and we'll wrap this up with one more verse from revelations chapter 20 the final book the final culmination to the story um, and he says here in revelations chapter 20 verse 8 i'll start with five then he who sat on the throne said behold i make all things new and he said to me write 
for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. In other words, he's put an end to the lies. It is done. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. So if you're not thirsty, you don't get it. He overcomes. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. All liars, all of those who love the lie, embrace the lie, listen to the lie, listen to the liars, because they are liars. He who loves the lie listens to the lie. All of those will be cast into the lake of fire, and there will be no remedy. There will be no repentance, no salvation at that point. So, Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ that those who are on the edge, on the fence, in the middle of the road, don't want to make a decision, don't want to make a wrong decision, don't know what to believe. Father God, truly in their heart, in their hearts, they may not know what to believe. In their minds, they may not be able to figure it out. But in your spirit bearing witness with their spirit will cause them to accept and embrace the truth for their own salvation's sake, for their own healing and deliverance sake, that they might not be lost or perish. Father, we pray today for the prevailing of the truth and that those who are standing for the truth will be protected that they will not be making themselves a prey, which we know Satan identifies and targets those who speak the truth. We pray for divine protection from the angels of the Almighty God, the shields of God, the deliverance of God, the ways of escape from the Almighty God, the love of God, and the peace and protection of God upon all of us who love the Lord Jesus Christ and are looking for his return. Now, one more thing. I want to give you two ideas, two things to do. Number one, go to the website, liferecovery.com, and check out what's the resources there the truth, the, um, it's an arsenal filled with weapons that you can use to fight against the enemy, to fight the good fight of faith, to stand in the truth, liferecovery.com. And also, um, for those of you who um, want to really get in the war, begin to pray for the people who are in the front lines, the people who are in the harvest field, the people who are um, pulling people out of the fire. Um, one of those ministries is Lost Sheep Ministries, check it out. Uh, They're doing an awesome work for God. Maybe the Lord will lay it upon your heart to help them. So we bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. The war is on, the truth wins, and God is good. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.